Hello again, I'm Mike, and this is Keepers of the Word. Today's topic is spirituality and the mind with special guest Paul of the Masonic Magazine and Giuseppe of Samas, the Hermetic Shaman. Thank you guys for joining me. I appreciate it. I know it's early. Well, it's early for me, but it's probably late for you. And uh, I know, Paul, you're in Lebanon, and Giuseppe, you're in Guatemala, right? Yes. Thank you guys for yeah. joining me. I'm glad we could get together. Thank so you for the invitation. How did you guys meet? Well, uh, it's, um, it's actually a curious story. Uh, I was uh, producing a documentary in Europe and was planning to interview some Sufi uh, in, uh, in the Middle East, in Egypt. And that's how I got a hold of, uh, of, of Paul. And that's how everything started. Then from then on, uh, a big friendship started. We met through a common friend. Awesome. That's great, man. Yeah. So, Paul, um, the way I met you is obviously through Instagram. And you have this dope page and the Light Magazine, Masonic Magazine. And it's still in progress. It's still something you're working on. Uh, how do you feel that your, re how do you feel um, your research is going with the Masonic Magazine? First of all, man, let me please. I really want to thank you for allowing us to be with you here today to share what we know and learn from your vast knowledge and experience. We are really blessed and honored to have known you. I personally, I want to tell everyone that I'm a big fan of your page. You created a space that is now very prominent on the modern map of esoteric and occult knowledge, as I told you, uh, Prior. I really hope uh, that the never-ending flame of love and power stays flickering so you can remain where you are, sharing what you know and helping people help themselves for the betterment of their lives and the lives of their loved ones. Well, um, as I told you, Masonic Magazine started as, uh, as a cry for, for breaking the taboo, for breaking the taboo in Lebanon specifically and the Middle East. Masonry, esoteric sciences, occult knowledge is not a taboo. It is not for everyone, but it is for the ones that are worth it and uh, the, the ones that are worthy. And let me tell you, there are so many people that are uh, hungry for freedom, hungry to be liberated through this knowledge, through the knowledge of the divine that was already pre-put in our DNA and in our uh, beautiful created brains. And, and um, while me, um, this is a very important topic today, what we're going to talk about, that I personally am in touch with for so long. As a clinical psychology student, uh, I'm very interested in the spiritual aspect of the human condition, how humans relate and react with their inner spiritual foundation and to whatever spiritual stimuli they get from outside. During my limited years studying psychology, psychopathology, etymology, uh, esoteric sciences, the occult, and spiritual emergence, etc., I was... I'm sorry, I was fascinated to learn about the term spiritual emergency, psychosis, how to d differentiate them, how to distinguish a criteria to know what is this and what is that. Well, the concept has similarities to that of psychosis, spiritual emergence. In my mind, it seems to have a more positive and beneficial vibe connected to it in that it makes formation or a sense of empowerment only if we know how to be of 
treatment. We know how to treat and react with whatever is in front of us. So yeah, I am uh, very hopeful of our talk today and I hope we cover everything today. Every <laughs> I don't single think, thing. I don't think <laughs> we we because... everything, but I think we're gonna touch on a lot of things, right? So yeah. first of all, Paul, thank you for your kind words. This is why I do it, because I, I'm, I am grateful for people like yourself. Uh, Pepe. I That's know all. I love your page too, man. It's been a, <laughs> thank you. it was, it was a, it was a, one of my first bridges. Um, when I started getting into occult and, uh, esoteric, uh, through the academic side, you know, and even bridging it with the Masonic, um, esoteric side, it was, uh, it was kind of like a, a mind freeing platform because, uh, you know, it, um, it, it brought a lot of things into the light. So that's the beautiful thing, you know, it, uh, it, it got uh, the esoteric and bridging the, the Masonic world uh, into light and, and, you know, bringing it for people not to be scared of, you know. So this is something I, I, I also support and I want to thank you for all, all of the works of years of work you've done. Thank you. And, and I, I greatly appreciate that very, very much. Um, so what I want to know, uh, Pepe, is you, you do a lot of retreats, uh, shamanic hermetic style retreats yeah. and since we're talking about spirituality in the mind uh, do you feel that spirituality can affect the mind in a negative way yes um, listen I'm going to explain to you a little bit of what we do in Shamash Shamash is a, is a syncretic school a platform of uh, uh, scientific illuminism dedicated to spiritual sciences uh, um, based on a hermetic approach, a Greco-Roman uh, approach into, into the magical arts uh, through a shamanistic canvas, right? And um, this is very different than ceremonial magic um, because it's a more grounded work, right? So it's all based on Western occult, but through our own shamanic interpretation of it um, because... Uh, for example, I, um, I'm half Italian, half Sicilian, half Guatemalan, and that itself, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that itself has a, has a magic convergence into it, you know, so I have the shamanic canvas of Latin America with working with the spiritual ecosystem of the Mediterranean and the Chaldean, right? Mm. And uh, for us, uh, and why am I going to get so deep into this? Uh, because it's really related to the mind. And specifically with the grounding work we do, because we work on the earth, right? So it's very important to touch the aspect of grounding when you're touching spirituality, because a lot of people lose their ground. So in Shamash, uh, we have this shamanic way to, of working uh, with the different spirits uh, through a system we call astrological shamanism, which is basically a system of deprogrammation and programmation of inner archetypes as uh, from a Jungian aspect, you would say, uh, in the microcosmic correspondences through spiritual correspondences that are correlated to the macrocosm, right? So we, we, we balance our microcosm with the energy of the macrocosm, right? And uh, everything that has to do with uh, a wrathful Mars, a lusty Venus, uh, an egocentric sun, you know, the, the bad profile aspects of the planet, 
to, to balance them with the, the planetary uh, intelligences, angels, and the more uh, elevated aspects of the zodiacal angels and the fixed stars that uh, take away these impurities, right? So why is this important? Um, because I, even myself, I, uh, I come from a ceremonial magic background also, and I experienced um, a sense of uh, detachment uh, to a certain point um, while I was practicing that it wasn't really bad, but I can tell that it could be bad for other people, right? And uh, during the, the, the years of working with patients, uh, doing uh, retreats, uh, we also serve sacred medicine, which we also combine with magic, which is something really beautiful. Um, we work with uh, peyote and psilocybin. We do it with a lot of love. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's really, really strong work, yeah. So it's a, it's a journey into the underworld to come up, you know, like a start, like with love to rise up, you know, that's beautiful. That's yes. Beautiful. I, I like, I like that, that you, you provide that to people because not too many people do. I mean, I know our group, the, the keepers group, we, we, we go once a year and we do that. We go into the desert and we use psilocybin and we purge all of that out of us and we go on the rest of the year with a purpose, right? Yes. So I think people are finding their purpose with you when they go through these, um, these sacred rites, right? Cause you're, you're putting together something that doesn't really exist in, in the natural world where you're telling somebody, Hey, you know what? Um, do you want to find your purpose, your real purpose? Do you want to meet your higher self? Do you want to commune with God? And those are very profound questions, right? They, like you tell that to anybody they're like get the fuck out of here dude you're full of shit but if you were to go down that path i could guarantee you those three things will happen to you and i don't think people are ready for that but then again that goes back to my original question when spirituality can can the can affect the mind in a negative way because yes. i've seen people who can take spirituality for what it is in reality and apply it to their lives and become successful um, practitioners of whatever path you, you practice, right? And then I've seen people who say the same thing, they're practitioners, but they also believe they have special powers. Yeah. And those are the, that, that's where it starts to get a little iffy because now, now you're saying, okay, well, I talk with God every day and Okay, well, if you're having a conversation with yourself, say your higher self, okay, I, I, I agree with that. You may, you may be in tune with that. But when you're saying you're actually talking to God and you're, and you're giving me a full-on, okay, he looks like this and he said this, and he's like, okay, no. Uh, now, now we're going into a different area, and this is where yeah. Paul comes in because that's his medical background, right? <laughs> so, Paul, you want to step in on that? <laughs> Uh, well, I always, in this episode today, I will take you back a little bit to my lens, to my clinical lens, to, to make a, uh, a good, uh, clear differentiation about what we are talking about. So, clinically, the criteria, what is the criteria of non-pathological spiritual experience? Studies have shown that most spiritual experiences are related to better mental health. 
However, there are several situations when we can have some doubts. If some experience is a mental disorder with religious or spiritual content, or if it is a spiritual experience that could resemble some sort of a mental disorder or uneasiness. Yes. The American Psychiatric Association created a category okay, of spiritual and religious problems exactly to simulate and foster these sorts of investigations. For example, many spiritual experiences are related to hallucinations. People can hear voices, have visions, seeing the body controlled or influenced by an outside source or things like that. There are several discussions about this and the desperate need for further investigation. In a recent study they made, they found out that most people who have psychotic experiences do not have psychotic disorders. Many of these people can have some sort of spiritual experience or so-called non-pathological spiritual experiences. Now, to help make this differentiation, an investigation has been made to speculate the scientific literature behind this. You know? Based on this, they have provided several guidelines um, that would help us to make this distinction. This criteria we are going to discuss now are not absolutes. They just help the clinical reasoning in making differentiation. So each of these criteria are suggestive. I will, uh, what I'm going to say, these criteria are suggestive of a non-pathological spiritual experience. The first important aspect is that when the experience does not cause psychological suffering or occupational or social impairment, if the person having the experience simply, if the person having the experience is not suffering and is able to develop their work activity, their family homes, their mental health and spiritual progress. Another important aspect is when the person does not have other symptoms suggestive of a mental disorder. For example, if a person does not have cognitive symptoms, disorganization in their thoughts or in their behavior, if a person keeps a good social skill, social ability, social capacity and emotional equanimity to deal with other people in their jobs, in their families, in their neighborhood. Another aspect suggestive also of a non-pathological spiritual experience would be when the person has the complete capacity to control that experience and also when the person has some growth personal growth, psychological growth, and spiritual development throughout the experience. And in time, different from a mental disorder, you know, when you usually there is some kind of personal disorganization or mental impairment throughout time. In non-pathological experiences, often the person has control over the experience, and the person also recognizes uh, the unusual or abnormal characteristics of the experience sometimes feeling to share these experiences with, uh, with other people and positively make use of what was learned for the betterment of himself or herself and others. Finally, another important aspect is when these experiences are compatible with uh, some well-established religious or spiritual or shamanic tradition. If the tradition, even if the tradition is not of the person himself or herself, but if that source of, of, uh, of, uh, of the pathological experience, of, of if, if these experiences are somehow known in that um, ecosystem of the tradition of the religious, spiritual, or shamanic tradition, it's okay. It is fine. But to make a good evaluation, a good assessment of this, um, we need to... Uh, 
we need to be well trained to perform yes. this evaluation. We need yes. to be well trained and to help the person in seeking psychological or psychiatric treatment or seeking some sort of spiritual or religious insight is very important to help them develop their mental health in a positive way. What's the point of, of having a spiritual experience if I am suffering in the corner, not being able to integrate anything about it? If the experience is bringing me distress, emotional uneasiness, severe cognitive impairments that are long-lasting, antisocial behaviors, manic reactions, loss of social and intrapersonal orientation, feelings of ultimate uncertainty, suicidal ideation, then the experience in hand should not be considered as spiritual. Complete clinical diagnosis should be made. Yes. And the individual should be monitored till the outset of these negative symptoms. Yes. Well, this is the uh, direct clinical lens about it. It's very simple, actually. It's not complex. Well, you broke that down really, really well. Because I, I believe we've all, well, I, I speak for myself, right? Um, going on, on my retreats, and there's been certain times where I've consumed and I wanted out you know I was about maybe half an hour in and I'm like okay I want this to stop I'm freaking out and over time you get a hold of it it clicks and now you're in control now you're able to all right now I it, it, it worked and now I'm in control and I could navigate through this you know but there's some people that I've seen go through it and they're losing their shit and, and you have to kind of guide them back into, all right, let's come back into reality, breathe, drink some water. You know, we're here, we're talking, you're breathing, everything's going to be okay. And that's usually the, the, the case with most people when they start to go on a, on a trip and sometimes your mind plays tricks on you. It makes you think that, okay, you're losing it and you're scared because it's the unknown. Right. You're, you're afraid of what you're not used to. And that scared the shit out of me plenty of times. You know, there's been so many times where my friend Ron is looking at me like, Mike, you're all right. And I'm just tripping out. And I'm, I'm like, oh, man, I was just I was going through it. But thank you. You brought me back, you know. And it's one of those one of those situations where it's it can be detrimental to your, your health if you don't have the right people around you. So, you know. Pepe, in your situation, yeah. you're gu you're the guide, right? You're the guide. You're you're there yeah. to. I'll let you speak. Yeah, for uh, I'll, I'll make it easy. You know, uh, Paul has a really beautiful uh, technical way of explaining yeah. it. We yeah. we see we see things we see things uh, very plain. You know, red flags, emotional equanimity. If you are on the right spiritual path and you're gaining from it. Uh, you're growing, you're experiencing a gradual aspect of gnosis, or you're, you know, you're getting into knowing yourself and you're uh, deluding the, the, the realizing the ego, right? Which is basically this great work, uh, the, the great work we do, right? Uh, purifying um, with the particles of light, releasing the particles of chaos of the body, right? This integration we do with the spiritual sciences. Um, from wherever you want to see it, uh, from the Tibetan tradition or the, if it's the rainbow body or the solar body or the light body, whatever it is, you know, you're releasing particles of chaos. And if you see chaos enhanced in the person, if you see, then there's something that is not uh, quite well, 
there's something that it's instead of a vision, it's a projection, right? Mm. So we see, we see things more simple, you know, uh, one, the first diagnosis is to see the emotional equanimity of the person, to see if this person is balanced emotionally, because spiritual sciences is also the this, this study of, of science of reincarnation, right? So um, emotional generation, generation of emotions equals to karma. So if you generate more emotions, you're generating more karma. It means actually your spiritual practice is not taking you to a place where you're having emotional equanimity to dissolve that karma, which is what will get you to transcend, right? Correct. So if you have a person that is high, 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 you know, happy and this, you know, or sad, sad or angry and this and, and saying he, he talks to God and to aliens and this, well, dude or girl, you got to check yourself because, I mean, there might be some shit you're, you're projecting, you know, and this is not... Uh, this is not something that is helping you. It's just projection of your own mind uh, blended in with a bunch of uh, spiritual iconography and things you have filled your mind with that are just Instagram posts, right? And um, this is the thing, you know, and spiritual practices that are deep in to the configuration of the most uh, profound aspects of the unconscious are not for everyone because they can, they can break out very uncomfortable processes that can also lead to psychosis. Mm. So, so people that are mentally imbalanced or have some type of mental imbalance should really be careful with uh, spiritual practices, you know, that are like deep into the deprogrammation of the unconscious because you're going to dig into the abyss. You're going to touch Leviathan. You're, yeah. going, to, you're going to swim in the, the waters of darkness. You're going to meet Tifon and Apophis. And you're going to see the devil, which is you. And it might scare the shit out of you. And you might not be ready. And you might not be ready even to see God. Because, you know, it's, it's going to be too much, right? I've experienced that. I, I've, I remember one time we had a really good trip there was this place in in uh, we had a whole ranch to ourselves it's called the, the flying j ranch and it's in culterville california in the middle of the, in the mountains it's beautiful country man my friend had amanta muscaria the the one that looks like the yes. super mario brothers yes <laughs> so much that, that yes. took me that took me to the source yeah. And that took me to a place where everything was geometry and, and mathematics. And I couldn't make any sense of it. And I got scared. And I was like, no, this is, there's something deeper here. There's something I need to figure out here. And I did. And, and once I found that, that, okay, God is this beautiful, unexplainable thing, right? And I was okay with that. I was okay with knowing that this thing is unexplainable. I, I can't explain what it is, but I felt it, it was there and I'm a part of it. And that's what I took away from that. My takeaway where I communed, I wasn't ready. I got scared. I was like, what the hell's going on? But then over time I, I had to accept that we will not know what God truly is because it's so unexplainable, right? It's, it's, it's this mathematic equation that we were not going to figure out. Or else if we did, we, we know the, the answers to the universe, right? 
So I, I was humbled, like big time humbled. And that, that humbleness kind of scares certain people. You know, they're, yes. they're not ready to be humbled. Yes. And, 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 and you, you touching a really, really, a really good fiber here. And, and for me, it's really important. Uh, there's a, we, we work with the metaphysical work world and psychedelics hand by hand. And for us, there's no integration one without the other, because um, I mean, for example, uh, a good friend of ours, uh, uh, Danny P.D. Newman, you know, he, uh, you might look at his books, uh, uh, alchemically stoned and, um, and, uh, and from D to DMT, dangers of vermilion, great books. Mm -hmm. And he actually forms part of a group. Uh, uh, We actually all have a chat, you know, um, this is how it's a, it's a group of people that it's like a virtual lodge. Uh, it's called project Lebanon. And this is that's how, awesome. yeah, that's, and project Lebanon actually took me to do a couple. He of was ceremonies. invited actually. Yes, yeah. He was invited. He was invited. Where? To the, to the I was project. invited. I invited you. Uh, yes. Me and Giuseppe, we invited you, but you don't oh, like yes. WhatsApp messenger. Yeah, and... on WhatsApp. And yeah, lots of dude. scammers and Illuminati people. Just brief on that. I had a really bad experience with um, WhatsApp, you know, because we were using it for our lodge. And let's just say I was getting hit like every hour on the hour. Do you want to join the Illuminati? Do you want to? It's just a lot of scams going on on WhatsApp, man. That's so crazy. I apologize. I apologize. But um, I, I, maybe I should try it out again. You know, maybe my experience will be different. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. But, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, this group, you know, it took me, uh, there's people that form part of, it's an artist collective, ceremonial magicians, Mayan ceremonial, uh, uh, Mayan ceremonial uh, priests, uh, Tibetan Buddhist practitioners, Dzogchen, uh, psychologists. Uh, we have people of the fourth way of, uh, of um, Gurdjieff. So you have all this merging wow. of artists, uh, of uh, researchers in the academic, you have uh, you have uh, people that are merging metaphysics with uh, uh, psychedelics, like Newman. You know, so uh, for us, it's basically the same thing. You know, uh, some people might not see it this way. Obviously, I understand, uh, but um, in Shamash, we work this way. We integrate both, and. And that gives us a little bit more more criteria because I mean psychedelics can can be can trigger also enhance aspects of the ego not only delusion of the, the dilute the ego but also enhance aspects of the ego that you have to be sane uh, to take the kind of trips we do so we do a lot of evaluation we do a lot of evaluation before That's taking smart. it yeah and and even we 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 do the evaluation, we work with magic first, and when when we see that the person is ready, we integrate it into the full ritual, which is a psychedelic ritual with the magic, you know. So it's a step-by-step process. But anyway, it's um, I, what I really want to, and, and this was a really con- a concern that we talked about this podcast so much with Paul, is because we were exposed to a couple of cases uh, while I was right now in Europe and in, in Middle East, and we just... We discussed it because Paul and I, we talked, we, he's kind of like, like my girlfriend could be, right? We talk every day. <laughs> so uh, I said, like, we were exposed to a couple of cases and um, we analyzed and we decrypted. We saw the, we saw the, 
the, the pathological criteria and all of the cases resembled certain aspects that uh, they were actually sharing, you know. So this is the important thing for us to just like to put out the message there that if you're experiencing suffering, if you're experiencing emotional instability, maybe get yourself checked before getting deep into the spiritual work, you know, or spiritual sciences, which is might not be for you. And also just if you are experiencing some type of, uh, um, if you're not stable and you need to be medicated, then keep your light, your magical work or your spiritual work light. Don't go deep into big stuff because it can take you into places you don't want to go. Correct. Um, people who practice, again, I'm not a practitioner, but people who do practice and are doing it for the first time and they're not, they're not grounding themselves, they're not seeing all the negative aspects that can possibly happen during these situations or during these rituals, you're really putting yourself in harm's way, you know, because electricity doesn't give a shit where it goes. It's just going to go. And if you're not grounded, it's not going to just flow through you. It's going to stick, stay in you. And that's where some people, you know, some people take these literal, take these things very literally. And that's when they start to lose their minds and they become a little off the rocker, so to speak, uh, when you speak to them. Because your reality and their reality is very different now because they went through this experience and now they feel, you know, that made them either powerful or special or whatever. And I feel, you know, yes, these experiences are supposed to help you become a better version of yourself, but never at the expense of anybody else. Yeah. That's something that we all need to understand and agree on that whatever you're going through, and not be at the expense of somebody else to 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 be more successful or, or uh, to to gain greater knowledge. Because once you start going down that path, you become that parasite, and that's not healthy for you or anybody else. So in these situations where you have to deal with some people who are kind of off kilter, um, what what is your process? Do you tell them, hey, maybe, maybe this is not for you. Here's your money back, <laughs> or or is it a conversation that, you know, happens in, over time? Um, all right. So the first thing is uh, Shamash is not always, a, uh, um, for example, in, in we don't see it as a, we don't see it as a, a something just only for money. It is, it is a service, a school, a platform. In right. Lebanon, we did many services for, uh, uh, Lebanon is going through a, a, a through a big crisis right now, and we actually donated a lot of treatments, a lot of medicine, a lot of uh, retreat, uh, and also a weekly program sort of, uh, of teaching uh, planetary magic uh, on the Shamash system, you know, just, and for us, it's not, not only, uh, uh, you know, an exchange, currency exchange, but also just uh, a place where people can exchange the other things besides money, you know, right. and they can, uh, for us, this is the important thing, you know. And so I'm going to be really straight for you. Uh, I just tell them things as it is. I'm not a person that, uh, I'm not the, I'm not the type of person that it's like a good to put your elbow, come here, cry. I'm going to make you feel better. No, I'm, I'm the tough love guy. You know, I'm, 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 I'm the one who's going to tell you, dude, you're fucking nuts. You need to take this shit away from your life, you know? And um, this is it. You got to stop it, you know? 
And what you need is to go to a shrink. And uh, if you want to do spiritual work, you know, just be a good person because you don't have to have a spiritual badge to have a spiritual life. Correct. You can just be a good person and don't be thinking that you're living a spiritual life because that's you're feeding your ego. Just, just lead by example, being a good human being, being good of service to the world. And that's it. That's spiritual enough. You don't have to call it spiritual. You just be a good person. You're not a parasite, as you were saying. And that's going to give you more than all the shit you're feeding into your brain, right? So uh, people, sometimes they take it good. People, sometimes they don't take it so well. And um, either uh, they continue with the process guidedly, you know, uh, or we break communication. That's it. And I've had a people who says like, all right, you didn't listen to me. All right. We break communication. You're on, you're, you're under your own responsibility. I told you what I, I, I sense about your process. Uh, just please don't contact me again. And that's it, you know, and because I cannot do, I can, I, I cannot be uh, babysitting everybody, you know, and there's people that have been uh, humble and have listened and and I am treating actually patients that have not been mentally well they're they're having a low um uh a very low profile spiritual practice you know uh in terms of ceremonial magic it could be something like a middle pillar you know very light, very light stuff not not too crazy you know uh for just to balance in them meditation and also accompany them with uh, maybe could be supplements, uh, also nutrition. We balance people through nutrition, low glycemic diets, Hashimoto protocols. Uh, we, 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 we merge nutrition, uh, uh, plant medicine, exercise, everything just for developing human being in every way, right? So if we can't treat it with the plant or the nutrition, then we refer to a psychiatrist they get treated and then we continue doing the spiritual work, you know, just little by little, a little meditation and light work. We have many cases like this and they're fine and they're, they, they, they've, they've listened. But there's people that don't listen, right? And normally the biggest red flag is, uh, as you were saying, they, they talk to God, they talk to aliens, they talk to... And also they are at the same time kind of like full of conspiracy theories at the same time. You that know? part. Yeah, it's it's the biggest red flag, you know, it's like so they come with the they come with conspiracy theories and they come with spirituality and boom. I get a lot of conspiracy theorists throughout my day, all day, um, especially when it comes to Freemasonry. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of people hitting me up um, asking to join the Illuminati or. If that's not it, and they're questioning my allegiance to Lucifer, which is ridiculous. Uh, there's a lot of misinformation <laughs> out there right now. And when you look on, on Instagram, Instagram can't be your main source of information. It's, it's a place to, to look and to find and point you in the right direction. But it shouldn't be your main source. And YouTube, yeah, yes and no. It's kind of a gray area. Some, some sources are, are real and they're, they're put together very well. And then other sources, are, again, are conspiracy theorists who have way too much time on their hands and, and want to point out that you're not high enough 
uh, you're not a high enough Mason in order to know what's really going on. And I love those. I love that because how, okay, I'm not a high enough Mason. You're not even a Mason, but you know more than me. How does that make any sense? That's like me going to a plumber to ask about how, why my car isn't working. You know, it's that type of mentality where, okay, let's, let's be, let's be realistic with this. Let's talk about firsthand information versus thirdhand information. Right. And, you know, relating to, to what you were saying is, and, and the mental, the mental part, I, I do feel there are a lot of people who are, are heavily misled out there and will follow anything or anybody with a voice. And, that's where it becomes dangerous. That's where, okay, you really need to know where, where did this person get their information from? Uh, what, what is their purpose? Is their purpose just to rile you up, you know, and, and get you angry, kind of like Alex Jones, you mm. know, and, and, you know, people like that drive many out of their mind. And then they start to build their own little groups of nut jobs and I think what we really need to do is drive home that, you know, there are, there are truths out there. They're not easily accessible truths, but there are truths out there. Yeah. And the minute you are able to go down these paths, you have to be realistic with what you want as your truth. Yes. You know what, Mike? Um, talking about truth and Lucifer, you touched two points that are perfect for mental health. Lucifer. Is the power of imagination, is the motor of, motor of magic. Iblis, as the Sufis would say it, right, is um, it's considered imagination. It is the only aspect that never bowed to Adam, right? So the same light that can show you the way can blind you. So if people are questioning your allegiance to Lucifer, <laughs> let, them, let them, this is the, the power of their own imagination. Their own no? imagination. This is their imagination. They're, this is what Ibn Arabi and, uh, and all of the great Sufi masters say, basically, that the power of the imagination is what can actually show you the way, right? Or it can drive you crazy, you know? And this is the difference between the adversary, right? The lowest aspect of the playful imagination that gets trapped in your ego and plays with you, or what rises above, the logos, right, which gives birth to the Christian consciousness. And that's the difference, you know, that's between you know, between uh, madness uh, and divine mania. Madness that's, the divine that's the difference. I, I totally agree with your statement. I, I think that was a very educated way of putting it, and I, I am grateful that you put it into such words. So do you feel that you practice a specific path or do you practice a multitude of different paths? And this question is for both of you. Paul, Paul you want to take this one? It's, um, well, being integrative is one of our human basic gifts. You know, it is one of our human basic uh, abilities to be integrative, to, to be working in a way that is that integrates many things according with the need of our uh, current situation you know so having many paths working together uh, for the benefit of a true purpose 
uh, is very important I, uh, in my point of view. So we need to have at least knowledge, you know, not necessarily practical knowledge, but at least theoretical knowledge of all paths because you never know life is so vast and the situations you face and you live in your life are so vast so having an integration of many paths with the needs of a current situation is very important so what is the point of a language that only you can understand there are seven billion people out there you know you know what i mean so this is my basic um my basic interpretation of it i think uh are you hearing me yeah 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 so yeah that's it that's it to begin with i will talk about spirituality i will i will talk about spirituality in five minutes okay like good good amount your your take on that well well my path uh is as I've said before, it's a syncretic path. Um, I, I started with uh, Mayan uh, shamanism. I went into ayahuasca shamanism. I went into, I was exposed to many ways of shamanism. I, um, I also got introduced with all, to work with all type of uh, entheogen uh, plants. Um, Tibetan Buddhism, also energy work. I got uh, also in the part of nutrition, with I, which I also balance a lot with the magic. And I because there's a and right now we've been actually been integrating uh, hermetic herbolary and ways of eating. Actually, you know, just to balance the different. Uh, uh, it's like Ayurveda, but to a hermetic approach, right? So um, we balance everything and. In the magical aspect that which actually was what ascended me and um, in my personal growth i um i'm not afraid to talk about my past you know um i took this off because i can't hear myself i hear myself and i'm just gonna keep talking like this but uh, i come from the past of addiction I, i was a drug addict right and um this is this is something i i always share with people because it's my past and magic saved me. Magic saved my life. You learned. I was a drug addict, and, and magic was the only thing that took me out of the drugs and the alcohol and the excesses of my life. And that's how Shamash was born, you know. Um, and after years of practice, after years of integration with psychedelic medicine, um, this uh, this system of magic uh, got channeled. You know, it was basically a way of um, integrating the many things that I had been practicing all my life and um, had finally freed me, you know, from all the poison. And it's, it basically gave meaning to all those years of poison, which is uh, uh, my initiation in life was a Dionysiatic initiation in life. And to speak of Dionysius is to speak also of the human uh, uh, health, you know, of the brain, of the mental health, because I wasn't only uh, I wasn't only an addict. I was going crazy, right? So my initiation in life was my initiation basically to come from the underworld, uh, to come to the deep, you know, as a deep Scorpio in my natal chart. You know, I was charged with all of these underworld things. So I I came here to understand life through harsh contrast, right? That took me 
to spiritual sciences to cure my mind, to cure my addiction, and to then put it at the service of others. So the best example of this is Dionysius that lives inside of us, you know, either you are uh, drunk or, or an addict, or you are sober, or you come to this clarity, right? Or you go into the madness, or you have the divine mania, or theater, which is also the aspect of Dionysius. You have the, the masks of the ego, the persona, or you play a role in the cosmic drama with a single pointed consciousness. So this is a very important aspect for me, you know, just to uh, see that we are all being initiated in a Dionysiatic life. Oh, we lost, we lost Giuseppe. Well, hopefully he could come back on right now. But uh, okay. just uh, to, to go off of what he said, I, I really am grateful that he shared that story with us because it's really hard to admit, you know, especially dark sides of your past. And it, that was a special, that was something special that was shared. And I, I think he sacrificed a lot of himself so that way other people don't go down that path. And it's an example of, you know, you can beat whatever's hindering you. You just have to understand that you have the power within you to do it. And that's where I feel a lot of people don't understand that. They think that they're lost and, you know, it, it's tough. It's really tough to get yourself out of those deep holes. You know, as Giuseppe was saying, he was in the abyss. He was deep in the abyss and the abyss was literally staring right back at him and he became the abyss. And to get out of it, to find your your way out is where you're, you're so tired of being that person. You're so tired of being the addict. You're so tired of being that negative portion of, of who you are. And then now you're, you're the phoenix, right? You're, you're coming out of the ashes and you're stronger than ever before. And you could help other people not go down that path. And I think that's, that's a big, huge purpose for all of us in this world where, you know, we all experience negative things, but most of all, most, most of us are able to learn and teach others to, Hey, you know, if you go down this road, you're going to get hurt. And this is why I got hurt. There are consequences. Yes. There are so, consequences. Yeah. I'm very grateful for Giuseppe sharing that information with us because you don't get that everywhere. You know, a lot of people are very shy when it comes to sharing, you know, information that is. I'm no teacher, Mike. I'm no teacher. No, you, you, you are a teacher, bro. Like, and I'm, I'm, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way. You, you are a teacher. You just, there's going to be somebody listening to this right now. And they're going to, they're probably, they were probably in the abyss. And now they have hope because you spoke and you said those words. You know what? Um, I always consider myself a friend. Uh, this is what I tell people. I am a good friend. I am, I'm still dealing with my things, you know, and the, what, what took me out of the abyss was to serve, to live is to serve. Vivere es serve. This is what gave meaning to my life. This is what brought me life. Uh, this is what gave birth to light in my life, you know, and basically to see 
uh, my purpose and to live for it, you know? And this is where the other aspect comes, which is truth. What is truth? For me, truth is when something is not personal anymore, where when you can see everything as a one, when you can see everything beyond yourself, when you see nor good nor bad, it just is. That That's truth, you know? So in the aspects of of mental health, you see a collapse, a collapse in the mind because there's an excess of judgment, you know? There's an excess of seeing things from a polarization point of view. So we have the, the aspect of the mind playing the game, you know, the, the adversary, we were talking about this, this Luciferian light that is not showing you the weight, but it's blinding you. And you have the persona, the ego, blinding you from the truth because everything becomes personal to you. So you, can, you cannot experience God in that way. You have to first die to be born again, you know? Correct. This is, this is the process. Thank you for that. Thank you for that clarification. Paul, you said you wanted to speak on spirituality. I want to give you the floor. Well, uh, isn't that the whole point of spirituality? Yes. Like, purpose, testimony. Isn't that the whole purpose of genuine spiritual path of, of genuine spirituality. So let's help a little bit some people who might have, uh, who are going to listen to us. And some people mix spirituality with so many other things. And to be honest, there is no one definition to spirituality. It's a way of life. You know, nevertheless, the word consistently evokes a deep-seated personal experience with universal relevance and appeal. Spirituality is described as the central psychological well-being, which is the most important aspect of, of being spiritual, to have a, a, a strong well-being, a strong mental capacity to face problems, you know. It's not, it's not, important, to, to, it's not important to win the problem or, or, to, or to overcome the problem. It is as much more important to face it with a strong mind and a strong heart, a healthy, which is the sense of having a sense of belonging, orientating us when seeking to define and adhere to our values. It is a reality for a high percentage, even for a high percentage of patients, surveys of whom reveal its central role in preventing and healing even disease. That's how spirituality is important. Also in enduring both distress and disability. Psychological healing in, spirit, in spirituality involves more than the relief of symptoms. It fosters improved emotional resilience and equanimity, thereby resulting in personal growth. John Swinton refers to spirituality as the forgotten dimension of mental health care. Like him also, Mark Gallanter, has reminded us that we must not neglect this aspect in aiming towards healthy mind, both for our patients and arguably for ourselves. They provide cause at personal and collective levels to renew our search for sanity and to do so with hope. When uh, blogger Kevin Williams asked his psychological uh, mentor, his psychologist, what the difference was between being mentally ill and being prophetic, the head expert said, people who hear voices and see things that aren't there can be classified into two groups. The first group are people who cannot cope with these voices and are called mentally ill. 
The second group are people who can cope with the voices and are called psychic. Yeah. It is my personal belief that being psychic and being psychotic are the same thing, depending upon how you cope with it. Society in general regards people who talk to God as holy, but also society in general regards people whom God talks to as insane. <laughs> so to explain, to explain this gift of our madness, Manic depression has, has been called a brilliant madness because of the expansive ideas that psychosis can create. In days of old, people recognized how mental illness can even be a gift. Socrates, for example, once declared, our greatest blessings come to us by way of madness, provided the gift and the source of, of this madness is given us by divine gift. Plato referred to insanity as a divine gift and the source of the chief blessings granted to man. Native American Indians believed that their voice hearers revealed messages that had great spiritual significance. The idea of the mad scientist can probably be traced to the grandiose thoughts that intelligent, mentally ill people can have. John Nash, for example, a lifetime schizophrenic, received the Nobel Laureate in economics and his life was portrayed in the movie, you know, The, the Beautiful Mind. Also, other famous mental ill people are Beethoven, Tolstoy, Van Gogh, Keats, Hemingway, Dickens, Faulkner, Fitzgerald. Man, there are so many. But the dealing with the situation differs. That's what makes our spiritual quality worth, worth living for, worth dedicating our lives for. It's how we serve others in the end, how we become of benefit for others to walk the path with less hardship with with more ease with more understanding and more knowledge of of uh, of this divine gift you know so spirituality is is so many things but most of all it's healthy it's what makes you healthy that's the whole point it's <laughs> what love. makes you healthy it's love it's love. It's that's love. What you, it's what, what you makes really you healthy. Want. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's the the real key to healthy spirituality, is if you're coming from a place of love, uh, you always got to come from a place of love whenever you're going down a spiritual path. Because if you come from any other emotion, whether it be anger or sadness, it's just going to amplify that. And then now, are you ready to go through the abyss? And earlier, I was as I was saying, Giuseppe, I was saying, thank you very much for for sharing your experience because that those type of experiences are what people need to hear and, and that's what gives the hope Indeed. you know that's what gives the, that person hey you know what it, it's not over for me i can get through this and i can beat this so thank you very much and paul thank you too for that experience too it's so basic man. i have a question for you guys do you guys practice any specific positive habits during your day like I whether you write to-do lists or you pray in the morning, what's your morning like? I have a I have an alarm set to fifteen fifteen, or every day, just to say thank you. I thank I thank everyone and everything I have around me. I thank God, so I have an alarm just to say thank you, and this is one of like my uh, biggest practices. You know, just to be thankful every day. You know that I have food that I have shelter, that I have clothes on, that I have somebody to talk to, that I have this computer to talk to you guys, just being thankful, you know, just acknowledging right. 
And um, being thankful for me is one of the, the biggest aspects of, uh, of uh, realization because um, it just takes the negativity away, you know? So it's a magical practice just to be a thankful person. And besides that, I, I have obviously my, my uh, devotional work, you know, it's the more right hand uh, work, you know, the more devotional, uh, the, work with my, the deities I work with, and also with God, the source, you know, and um, I have my magical practice, you know, which is more um, the shamanic, uh, her hermetic and um, Greco-Roman shamanic uh, work I do, so that's a mixture of everything. That's cool, man. I, I really, I really like that combination that you just shared with me. Thanks, Paul. You got anything you got uh, going on in the morning? Well, who doesn't drink water? We all do. Yes. <laughs> who doesn't need water? We all do. So, and we need lots of water during our day. What I do is that I pour a cup of water. I literally tell myself, "This is love I'm drinking," and I drink it. This is gratitude I'm drinking, and I drink it. I make this for like four or five times a day. Uh, not every day, according to, to my uh, things. I, I, I also am, um, this is something new. I am waking now involuntarily at 6 a.m. every day, precisely 6 a.m. Uh, and I am I, really now recognizing why it is happening. So I'm waking up, I am thinking of my day, whatever is going to happen. And I uh, remind myself that through my day, I need to be in contact with the people I love, because that's the whole point of living, to be with the people you love. And to remind yourself that you love this person, and you love this person, and you love your mom, you love your father, you love your family. So I remind myself, and even I remind the people in my life that I love them, every day because this eases eases anger eases decreases anger decreases uh, communication problems decreases uh, how we communicate with each other how uh, we see each other how we talk to each other with more ease with more uh, simpler uh, with with more purpose and i tend to i insist on spending time with my family even though five minutes a day, we, 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 I live in a very busy house. Uh, we don't see each other uh, because work from early morning to late night. So I tend to, to, to insist on spending time, at least uh, figuring out how, the, how my, my mother is, for example, how was her day. This is very important. Plus, I have a little journal in my iPhone in my phone, I tend to write things to myself as if I am texting myself because this is how we are used to now. Yeah. Uh, so I do. I also do that, and it's uh, easing a little bit. It's easing the, the pain of uh, everyday hectic, you know, busy uh, daily lives that we have that are fused with anger and fused with emotions and fused with lots of projection and displacement and, and denial and regression and suppression and all that. I'm listing all the defense mechanisms. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, that's it, I guess. That's, that's what I do, as simple as it is. I talk, I speak out. Whatever is on my tongue, I speak it out because 
believe me, believe me, if you keep them and keep them, your mouth is going to be full and then your mind will explode sooner or later. <laughs> this, is in, in very, this is in very simple words. So, so speak out, speak, speak what is in your heart. Yes, speak your mind. And most importantly, speak within, with people that understand your language because you cannot go out talking about something intimate, spiritually intimate, for example, to a person who doesn't have basic philosophical or spiritual education and knowledge. He will definitely call you psychotic. So, so <laughs> you need to speak out to the right people right and people. try to choose your right people, which is, this is very important. And so, the, they will ease the path for you too. They will definitely you. go. What, what are you looking forward to in the future, professionally? And personal. Well, um, for me, it's uh, getting to bridge more people into these practices with consciousness, you know. And uh, I am I'm also a filmmaker, so I am I'm uniting this this world, you know, of, of metaphysical of metaphysical reality with the occult and entheogens and exploration of the human consciousness and the unconsciousness. And uh, through art, through filmmaking, through documentaries, through podcasts like this, through collaboration, through community work, you know, uh, through ceremonies we have been doing, for example, with Paul in Lebanon, which actually the therapeutical part of talking is big part, you know, because after we do the work, everybody shares and it's kind of like the training after, after the work, you know, so... For me, it's just creating communicational, communicational hubs, you know, networking people just to get them closer to these practices in a more safe way and to explore spirituality, not only in practice of doing magic or meditating, but also on living a magical life, you know, and being good to every, everyone around them and expressing themselves more through art just really just creating which we are made as an image of the creator we need to express and create that's it you know? not be in the destructive end that. but just to create create positive good give out good create positive i i feel yes. as long again if it comes from a place of love you can't go wrong you know that's that's what it comes that's what it comes down to man um where can people find your work? Where can people find you? And this is for both of you. Well, for us, uh, we have a website and we have also the, the Instagram, Samas, Shamanic Hermeticism, is Hermetismo Shamanico, it's in Spanish. We can, we can post the, the link in the, maybe in the description. I'll put it in the description, yeah. yes. And we have a website. We also we 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 do private counseling. We also have uh, Samas Shamanic Healing, which is also for people who don't want to study magic. We have the the healing services. It's just basically orientated on that. So not everyone's not not everybody wants to go deep into the part of the academic or the practical. But if they need the the healing, we also provide healing services, which is. We do the magic, and they just uh, receive the, the healing. Right on. What about yourself, Paul? Uh, for me, it's basic. I have uh, my uh, the Masonic magazine. People can reach out there. 
whoever needs help in anything I can help with, I am more than willing to be uh, giving any uh, insight into their psychological well-being uh, in a transpersonal way. Uh, because um, I didn't uh, answer your first question, that what's, uh, what I'm going to, to do in the future or what I'm going to be. Uh, well, uh, seeing how the road is being paved now, me studying the occult and esoteric sciences, and also studying psychology, clinical psychology, which is basic science. It is science, empirical method. I am really uh, willing to uh, study and to enter the school of uh, Viktor Frankl, uh, uh, therapy through meaning, through, uh, through uh, purpose. Uh, it is a very uh, correlated part with spirituality, meaning and purpose and psychology. So, so I am thinking about that and even studying transpersonal psychology uh, to help treat people and benefit as much as possible to be of benefit also to everyone uh, that is willing to change and willing to become better versions of themselves. Uh, yeah, that's it. Right on. That's almost it. And that was a good, that, that's great. That's a great explanation. Now, do you have any questions for me? What are your plans for the future? What are my plans for the future? My plans for keepers now is to continue to, to spread this awareness, to continue to put on shows with great individuals like yourselves and talk about the things that people normally don't talk about. I also want to integrate animation and storytelling. That's where I'm going. And that's kind of what I'm studying right now, animation and um, using those tools and those softwares to do so. So that's, that's where I'm going with this. But uh, I want Keepers to grow. I want it to be a group at some point where you can join it and we can all have conversations like this and uh, in a platform that's safe and away from the nut jobs and the crazies. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and secondly, I, I do want to say this too, is if I have ever have any resources that can be available or useful to you, like Paul, you, you're, you're starting this magazine. Um, whatever guest editors you may need help with, anybody who's listening, who's a brother Mason and wants to help Paul guest write some stuff, reach out to me so that way we can get him started and get it going. Um, I, I think you got something that you really are passionate about and whatever I can do to help you, please let me know. And same thing for you, Giuseppe. I, I really like what you do and your purpose and however I can help you, please let me know. I would love to help you. Thank you, man. I, I guess I guess the biggest help has been doing this podcast and this will be a great uh, just um, uh, uh, platform to get uh, the message out, which is what we are all looking for. And uh, I hope we can continue to collaborate in the future in many ways. So Definitely. also in the animation part, you just opened my eyes because as a filmmaker, you know, uh, it's, uh, I hope we can do some dope stuff in the future. I would love to work with you. Please yeah, keep me in mind. And uh, I think we could have conversations offline and, and see where we can go with this. Uh, but now we're at the end of the show. So this brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you, Paul, Giuseppe. 
on this Thank great you. conversation of spirituality in the mind. I hope this episode was beneficial to you. As always, thanks for listening to Keepers of the Word with Mike. If you enjoy our show, leave a comment, subscribe to the channel. Remember to tick the bell for notifications and be sure to come back for more topics and guests. Until then, this is Mike, and don't forget to always keep your word.